And we're here again on the KM Podcast. Ken Brown from WGI Radio, Michael Hare, DetroitLions.com, as we talk NFL football, specifically Lions. Hello, Mike. Hello, Ken Brown. I need a little help before we get going. Yes. Was a soup was a Super Bowl just a couple of days ago or a couple of weeks ago or uh, a month days, ago? Yes, it was days ago. But yes. It just seemed like forever. Yes. It, it's been, it was over forever ago because the National Football League just moves on to the next next crisis, whatever that is. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because it's amazing to me. And I'm a child of the 70s. You know, I was born late 60s, but a child, not late 60s, I was born in the 60s, child of the 70s, that baseball was such a big thing. This February would be looking at rosters of spring training, spring training, Lakeland, Florida, you know, Tigers getting ready for the big season in baseball. But you're right, man. After the Super Bowl is over, the next day is talking about the next season. I mean, they've already started. It's, there's no break now in NFL, and that is not the way it was when I was coming up. No, it's you know, it's it's like it's they need a thirteenth thirteenth month just to pack all that stuff in. I th- we're talking about we're talking about contracts. We're talking about trades. We're talking about you know, Derek Carr gets gets released rather than get paid forty million dollars and. It's, it's it's never it's never ending with the National Football League. I'm not saying it's a bad thing or a good thing or whatever, but it's just it's just the stuff just flies by. I think in the long run it's going to be a bad thing, but for right now, since the NFL is red hot, you just ride with it. But you you can't burn red hot twenty four hours days, you know, seven days a week, three hundred sixty five days a year. You just can't do it. And eventually, the NFL is going to have to put the brakes on somewhere. And I and I'm talking about financially and, you know, just being out in the, the media with it. It's it just – it can't continue to burn that hot. But while it's hot, I guess you run with it because um, the ratings were, what, the third highest or third fifth highest, highest all-time game ever. The halftime show was bigger than the game, you know, attendance-wise. So they got it They got it going right now. So, you know, let, let's, let's ride the wave with them, Mike. I think they've overdone it a little bit in the sponsorships and uh... – and the backings and all that, and the money raising and all that, I think they've done overdone it a little bit, but it doesn't seem to affect the fans, doesn't seem to affect the product in a negative way, and certainly doesn't affect the interest level, as you just said. It was the third third highest watched television show in the history of television. Yeah, I mean they bring in the they bring in they're bringing it in right now, and to me, I I let the seventeenth game go. But I think you're at that saturation point, too, with that. And I know they're going to want to add that 18th game. and But the season is kind of perfect. 16 games to me is perfect. But 17, all right, we'll let that go. But it's just enough season to be long, few enough games to want more. And this, it's right where it is now is where it should stay. Yeah, I think we found out, Kenny, that, that this is the second year that they've had the 17th game. I think we found out that it's it's not really a big deal. They could go back to 16. They could go to 17. No big deal. I think the jump to 18 would be would be a bigger deal. But 17 didn't seem to make any negative impact that I could tell. Now look, guys get hurt, but they don't all get hurt in the 17th game. They get hurt on opening day. They get hurt in the preseason. They get hurt in practice. They get hurt in training camp. They get hurt in those OTAs. We've seen all of that, and I don't think you can pin it on the 17th game. And it certainly, if you look at the Lions-Packers game in the last game of the season, it certainly doesn't hurt the product playing a 17th. No, but but in all fairness, right? But in fairness, I have noticed that, and I was looking at this over the last year, 
that they don't practice much anymore at the end of the season, like they didn't before, but they did do more than they're doing now. They're pretty much stringing you those last games where you're just playing a game and then you're rehabbing for the week or getting your muscles back right, going through some walkthroughs and then playing the next week. So you can see where you've really strung out the human body to that 17th game, and that's where it is. You may not may not affect the bottom line because they get them playing, but at what level are they playing and, you know, the, how you get them to play that game? Because like you said, the Lions the last couple of weeks, remember they, they ran out of padded practices. I think they had that one, right. and then that was it. But the last couple of weeks, it was walk-through Wednesday. We're going to, you know, just walk through on Thursday or whatever, and we'll, you know, we'll play on Saturday and Sunday or oh. we'll do whatever. So – you can tell that the bodies are getting to that limit. Well, but the last padded practice was for weeks, week was it week sixteen, game fifteen, and they beat, uh, beat the Jacksonville Jaguars forty to ten. Right, that was their last padded practice, and really, that was to sort of wake them up. It wasn't for any other reason, really. It wasn't they weren't teaching, you know, but they was to, you know, they told the players, you know, that, that they were going to have a padded practice and they were going to work hard. And they right. Did. But just my point practice. that you get that number for the year, the league is pretty much saying we're just gonna we're just gonna we know where your body's limits are, and we're just gonna make sure that you don't get over pushed because we need you to be active for these seventeen games. That's what I'm saying. Adding the eighteenth to me is when you're really pushing it. But you know, money talks, and uh, well, I just hope. Here's the other thing, though, Kenny. If it's the seventeenth game and you make the playoffs, you can't wait to play game eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. No, yeah, well, there'll be some teams doing it. Go, right. Yeah, right. That's there'll be I'm some teams saying. doing yeah. it, yeah. But, you can't wait. Right. There'll be some teams doing it. But, okay, then, I oh, forget it. This can go on ever because yeah. then I'll say, okay, they play the 18, but then 19, 20, and 21 are your playoffs, yeah. so you're playing 20. Then next thing you know, well, you know, the 25th game is no worse than the 21st <laughs> game, so this is like going forever. But, you you know, time-wise, too, I'm, I was not – the second week of February for a Super Bowl is too long for me. You know, I was yeah, looking at some of you know, they always have these things that come up on your Twitter page where this happened on this date back then. And they're like January dates that come up. And then this Super Bowl was played on this day. And that was like during the second round of the playoffs now. And then this game in 1971 was played on this day. And it's January 14th. And that was, you know, so they've really extended it another month. And that's about as far as you can go with it. Well, I think, I think where it is right now is okay. And I one other thing, the, the fact that the season ends, you know, in the middle of the second week in February, what else is there to do in Detroit in, in the middle of February except watch, you know, watch television, watch playoff games, watch television, whatever. Yeah. That's the way it is. Yeah. All right, well, whatever. now that we've decided we've solved the NFL's problem that they didn't have, we can move on to what happened. Uh, this is the first one we've had since the game itself. Um, thought it was an entertaining game. I don't, I'm not even getting into that last call. If you, could, if you got on this podcast and see me crying about a call that was – actually a call and you mad because they made it at the time you didn't want to make it then you go listen to some other talk radio show because i'm not getting into your stupidity it was a call they made it move on if you were mad about it and you lost thought you lost the game about it as um, i used to say and my coach used to always tell score more points okay that's um, then it would have been close that's all i well, gotta say about it well can i just add one thing two things to it i think that it, and i guess i am I, I had no problem with it either i want the referees to call the rules that's what don't don't make up the rules as you're going along. Whatever the rule is, call the rule. But the thing about it is, the National Football League and the Super Bowl, it's not complete unless you have a. Uh, of course, you know you want a good ending and all that. They got that. 
you want a controversial call from the officials so you can talk about it for three months, months they got that. And then you want everybody to tr- try and uh, determine if the if the uh, halftime act, act uh, presentation, if they lip synced it or, or sang it live. And that's to me, those are the three things you want. We hear every single year. Did she was she lip syncing or was she was she live? I hate that. I hate it. Yeah, and plus people just playing because they're not happy and anything. You're gonna play by anything. If you go back in the history of this league, there's been some of the most egregious calls ever made before. Absolutely. Before um, instant replay or whatever, and you know what? Everybody moved on from it. And there's gonna be bad calls in the future too. And just that's just the way it is. We're human beings. We're not perfect. You you got to play over them sometime, and sometime maybe once every twenty years or whatever, a call is gonna keep you from winning a title. Okay, but that's just we're human. These things happen. You, this betting to me is why all of this to me becomes such high profile now because there's money on the line. But hey, too bad. That's what you get when you gamble. Sometimes it happens. So this is to me why people are really complaining about this. Well, I think you probably remember, like I do, what Jim Caldwell once said when, when everybody was in an uproar over a call that went against the Lions. And Caldwell said, and people remember, he was, he was the head coach here for, for four years. He said, uh, uh, players make the most mistakes, coaches make the second most mistakes, referees make the fewest mistakes. Good enough for me. That's right. That's right. Now, a couple of things I do want to talk about out of the Super Bowl that – refer to the Lions going forward. And um, one of them is quarterback play, Jalen Hurt, Patrick Mahomes, compared to what we got here in Detroit. Number two is offense versus defense, compared to seeing offensive teams and how you will combat them. Because basically, if you're going anywhere, you're going to have to get past Philadelphia. Now it's like they're the cream of the NFC crop. So how do you compare to them, and what do you knew, What do you need to beat them? And number three, coming up with this draft, does that change your draft philosophy going in on what you actually need as a team? So I'll let you go from there, Mike. You, I'll, I'll start with the quarterback, then we'll go from there. I just okay. think that uh, golf is good enough to win. I don't know if he's good enough to win a Super Bowl, but I like to see a, a quarterback with some legs be your backup, and I'm – that Super Bowl convinced convinced me that you got to draft one. Well, I, I, my point is my my stance on this is that I think Jared Goff is good enough to win with. Uh, I understand what you say about having a a, a mobile backup quarterback because I agree with that. But on the other hand, I know a, a quarterback who lacked mobility to the nth degree did pretty well, and that was was uh, Tom Brady. So there's more than one ways to get it done, and, and I think that Jared Goff, and we'll see if he can go the distance. You know, we'll, we'll find out, but I think he, you know, I think he certainly played awfully well for the Detroit Lions in this season. And I think he's, I, to me, if I'm going to draft a quarterback, it's going to be like, you know, third, fourth round, somebody to develop as a backup quarter, as a legitimate good backup quarterback. You know, not go from there. But I don't see that as I don't see that as a primary issue for the Detroit Lions in terms of their starting quarterback, but it absolutely is in terms of their backup because they haven't had one since I was, Dan Orlowski really was the last representative backup quarterback they had. Okay. Um, and in reference to offense, defense, I 
think draft-wise coming up and free agency-wise coming up, I don't have a problem with taking that sixth pick for a defensive player. I don't have a problem with spending a majority of your free agent money on defensive players. But seeing these offenses, Mike, I think if I could tune my offense up, they what finished fifth in the league this year. If I could get a player or two that will take me up to second in the league and just give me a, a you know, offense that's almost unstoppable as unstoppable can be in the NFL, but give me a supreme offense, I have no problem with it with this draft. I know they need defense bad, but if you can tune that offense up to be the best one in the league, I say go for it. Well, you know, Kenny, look, what, how many times did the, uh, uh, did the Chiefs punt in the second half? Right. None. Right. Yeah. You know, look, I, I, I still believe to some degree that defense wins championships. But I would modify that. I think defense helps win championships. You've got to be good. You've got to have athletes on both sides of the ball. I don't think just good is good enough anymore in the, in the way they play the way they play the game of pro football now it's different and you've got to be able to score and you got to be able to, you got to be able to defensively you've got to be able to stop rallies offensively you got to be able to you've got to be able to move the ball and get your you know you can't leave your defense out to dry anymore you've got to be able to move that ball and so in other words look exactly what the uh, what the chiefs did Going into the second half, they were down what twenty four fourteen, right? And kaboom, the afterburners come on, and they and, and they absolutely, you know, torch what was supposed to be the best defense defensive team in the National Football League, and just absolutely burned them, absolutely yeah. burned them. Yeah, but I my thinking on this defense too is players to me are your defense, special players making big plays. Because yep. if you're just going to scheme a defense up and think you're just going to plug in spots and you're going to take first and second rounders just to get good players to to plug in defense, they're not going to be anything spectacular, but they'll be solid. Then that's not helping you in the long run. That's just giving you a that's just giving you a a a, a pass to me. It's giving you a a reason not to be bad on defense. But special players make your defense great. Look at all the great defenses. There were special players that make your defense great. If you're not if you don't have one of those then build the offense up and just go for it. I mean, that's what I would do. And I'm a fan after seeing this of a running back for the Lions and maybe even they say tight end, but I'm, you know, I just think develop what you got on offense, get you another offensive lineman, get you a running back that you can a down in, down out running back to go with Jamal Williams. It's swift if you got him around, but just, just be dominant on offense. No, I don't disagree with that. And when you say offensive line, look, the Lions have three pro three Pro Bowl players who've made it to combine four times in the last two years. They're, you know, their center, their left guard, and their right tackle all made the Pro Bowl in the last two years. And they've got a left tackle, you know, and, and, and Taylor Decker, who is a really, really good player. It's kind of surprising that he hasn't made at least one Pro Bowl in, I think it's seven years now he's been in the league. So, that's really a strength, but I wouldn't, you know, it, look, it wouldn't bother me in this draft in April if the Detroit Lions went for another offensive lineman in the draft, high in the draft, too. I mean, somebody just to build an absolute fortress out there with your offensive line. That, yeah. wouldn't, that would not bother me. Yeah. And if you look at the game, Kansas City Chiefs offensive line was, behind, besides Mahomes, was the star of that game because the vaunted Philadelphia pass rush, they didn't touch, they didn't touch him. They didn't touch him. He made, you know, no sacks. 
70 sacks in season, no sacks. No tackles for loss. You yeah. Know, you look at those, you know, on the, on the, on the, uh, the uh, stuff that they put out uh, at the end of the game, the score, I forget exactly what we call it, but, but there were no big plays by their, their defense, by, by the uh, uh, Eagles defense. Absolutely none. You know, no tackles for loss, no forced fumbles, no, no nothing. Now he did have five quarterback hits, but you get credit for a hit just touching him after he releases right. the ball. But, but he certainly wasn't under any great pressure, except for the one time he went down just before the end of the first half, and there was some doubt. You know, what was he going to be like when he came back? Talking about Mahomes, well, he was as good as ever, if not better than ever, in the second half. And that goes to my defensive philosophy again. I thought. The Philadelphia defense was fundamentally sound all year. But who's their who's their who's their big dog on defense? Was it Hargrove? He's a good player. I, I wouldn't say he's a you game plan around him. And Hassan Reddick, he, he, okay, he's good, but he's not a Lawrence Taylor or something. To me, a great defense has a great player on it, and they didn't have one. Well, you know, Hassan Reddick had 16 sacks. I mean, here's the thing about their 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 their, their, their defense. The Eagles' defense, and it, I'm surprised how the way they played or didn't play in the Super Bowl. But they had Hassan Reddick with, you know, with 16 sacks, and then they had three other players, include you know, three other players with 11 each. Well, that's you know, you had that all up. That's what almost that's almost 50 sacks among four people. Look, there are teams that don't have don't have one player, you know, one player with 11 sacks to lead their team. The Eagles had three players with 11 sacks to go with a leader, which was 16, and, and got nothing done in the Super Bowl. I mean, nothing. Yeah. Well, like I said, you can take the stats of them if you want, but is, am I really fear, scared on Saturday night about Hassan Reddick? No. Wasn't I may be wrong, but isn't, wasn't he new to that team? Didn't he come from Arizona? Yeah, came from Arizona. Yeah, okay, yeah. this is the same guy in Arizona. Okay, he was a good player, no doubt, very good player. But is he, he's not. I'm not sleeping off – Losing sleep off playing them, and that was my point. They don't have one of those guys now. Teams like the 49ers who have a Bosa, or you know these other teams, these defensive teams, the Khalil Max in the former days. But guys like that, those to me make a defense because they make everybody else on the defense better. And I just thought that this was a one-off on Philly's defense. We'll see if they revert back next year or they keep their you know, defensive status up. But I saw the Lions put 35 up on them, and I saw Dallas put 40 up on them. I didn't, I didn't think they were a great defense. No, and here's, here's another thing, too. You, you look at it, you know, they were supposed to have the best offensive line in the league. Okay, great. What did they do running the ball? Yeah. Nothing. Now, was that – Quarter, yeah. The quarterback got yards, but nobody else did. Yeah, but that's, and, again, and was that the – was that the offensive line or the running back too? I mean, you know, like I said, I well, didn't. Well, it was more than, but no, but it was, but of all the running backs, they had none of them averaged more than three and a half yards per carry right. except for the quarterback. Right. And the other, the other part of it was the, uh, uh, you know, pass protection and all that. You know, they protected the quarterback just fine, but really they were not in, in terms of running the ball. They they got nothing done, and then just flip it to the other side. They led the league in sacks with seventy in the regular season and got none with the money on the line in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I didn't really see – I don't know how you saw it, but I didn't really see a real commitment to running the ball for Philly during that Super Bowl. Did you? It didn't seem like it. You know, they were they were, they were pass-oriented. I yeah, think, and, and, the and, game, and which, even the – Which is a bad thing. No, but I'm know? just saying it wasn't really like a, a, a effort that we're going to just pound this ball at you for a while. And, and I thought that was a mistake because I thought they gave – 
because Kansas City's defense was not impressive either. Now, let's get that. Let's straighten that out there. They got an impressive player again. They had that great player, Jones, who could, you know, change things around. But their defense wasn't that impressive. But I just never saw Philly, besides the the Hurts runs, really ch- and um, Devontae Smith really challenge them, really, you know, just physically beat them. And that's, that's what this Detroit Lions team, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, has going for them that I didn't see Philly or Kansas City really. They weren't – was either team physically dominant over the other one? I don't think physically dominant, but if, if you're going to bring up coaching, there's one thing I – you know, I I believe this. I, I say this all the time. You are allowed, you are allowed to coach your team. You're allowed, you are allowed to coach your players. And I think that the, that the uh, Kansas City Chiefs won the battle of coaching. I think yeah. Andy Reid and his guys, what they did what, – Kenny, what about those two touchdown passes – one to the left, one to the right, when they got to caught him up in that motion, and they were wide open yeah. in the end zone for both. No doubt. I mean, wide open. And no doubt. They would just get the ball on first down, they run a play, they run a play on second down, and it's just designed, you know, whatever. The only thing it's designed to is so, it's like, so they could plot what they were going to do on third down, and both times on third down, they got touchdowns, left them staggering, you know, with their, with their feet crossed because yeah. they couldn't cover them. Well, Philly's coach has got to grow up. He up there giving fingers to the other team during the game, and Hurts trying to you know pull his hand down, and he's 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 got to grow up, and maybe he'll get this as he gets wisdom. But he's too easily distracted with other stuff and all this stuff that goes on around football. Even not even you know at the Super Bowl Sunday, but just over the years, he's like that. And I just think that he's got to grow up a little too. Like you said, instead of coaching Sunday, he was so worried he was posturing to me, and Andy Reid's over there coaching, you know, so. Well, You're right. Reads, you know what? He's, he's, he's answered any questions about him. That is a great coach. really yep. is. And that's another one, too, man. In Philly, you the, when he left Philly, man, after he got fired, you would have thought that he was persona non grata. It's just that sometimes you get in the right situation and you get the right players behind you, you get the right quarterback and sees your vision. You know, I had him, Donovan McNabb, and now I got, you know, Patrick Mahomes. And look at it. Look at him fly, man. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Now nah, that brings us to the Lions. Yeah. That brings us to the Lions. And a couple of rumors. First of all, this number six pick in the draft, we're going to talk about the free agency in a minute, but number six pick in the draft, it's getting interesting to me because the more of these mock drafts that are starting to come out and the more people are talking, um, Jason Lockhamfor saying he was at the Senior Bowl. And Jason Lockhamfor used to work here in Detroit. Now he writes for the Washington Post. He's on CBS. He said that he is convinced – that the Bears are going to trade Justin Fields, which means they're going to take a quarterback one and trade Fields. Don't know if it's true or not. Don't know if he's being fed a line. Don't care either way. But it does tell me one thing, that these quarterbacks are going to go off the board higher this year than they should go. And in those top ten picks, there are four quarterbacks now, not the three that we always thought. Four quarterbacks are being talked about as top ten. I saw a draft today that had Anthony Richardson from Florida going before Will Levis from Kentucky. So people are starting to move him into that top group, too. If there's four quarterbacks taking the top ten, the team that's going to take advantage of that is the Detroit Lions and the Seattle Seahawks because they're going to be quarterbacks up top either for trade or getting pushed up and pushing down guys that the Lions could use, like Will Anderson and Carter from Georgia. I think this, Kenny, and I've been working working on my second mock draft here. I'll work on the tenth mock draft when I finally get it right. But uh, I, I think that the first five may not go in the same order on everybody's mock draft. 
and the real draft, but pretty close. And it's, it's you know, it's going to be three quarterbacks and the two defensive linemen. I think that's almost a given. And the, these Lions in the sixth position, I mean, right now, they could just about plot what's going to be on their board. But I think it's going to be three quarterbacks off the board. And like I said, the two defensive uh, defensive linemen. And the Lions, take your pick right now. You got the rest of the, you got the rest of the board. Yeah, if it goes that way. If it goes that way, well, you're right. I, well, I I think it will. I, I really do. I, I, you know, I, I look at a lot of mock drafts and I, you know, massage my own the best I can. And everybody seems not. I shouldn't say everybody, but the vast majority, probably more than I've ever seen it, uh, is convinced it's going to be what I said: the three those three quarterbacks and then two defensive linemen. If that third quarterback is off the board before six, and one of those quarterbacks is left. I guarantee you the Lions are going to have offers up to Kazuzi for that pick <laughs> because nobody was going to be left out. Look at look at um, the quarterbacks from last year. Pickett, who was a marginal first-rounder at best, went in the middle of the first round just because there was no other quarterback to take. And Pittsburgh just decided, look, we got to have something next year. So they, they moved him up. And he had a decent season, not going to argue that, but he definitely was pushed up, Mike, because just there's no quarterbacks out there. I, just, I think the I think the only question in, in this in this year's draft early in the first round is, I think the Alabama quarterback will go number one, but I think the, the next the only debate next is who will be the second quarterback right. taken? Will it be Sproud from Ohio State, or will it be um, uh, Levis from Kentucky? It's going to be one of those two, and then then we'll get into the rest of the draft. I'm going to predict right now. And you can come back to this podcast if everybody's listening, homie. I predict that Richardson. Is going to be the second quarterback taken. Don't ask me why right now. I'm going to tell you why. Because of the Super Bowl Sunday and Hurt and players yeah. like Hurt that now everybody wants one. It's like the the toy in the store that when you, one kid on the block brings it out, everybody got to go ask their mother to go get them one. They want the dual threat guy now. He is the dual threat guy of those four. And everybody's going to think, that, that can be my Hurt. That can be my Lamar Jackson. Let me go get him. He's big. This guy's big. If that happens... And he's pushed up into that three you're talking about, Mike? Oh, man. Oh, if he gets pushed up into that top ten or even top five, first of all, it's a risk and risk because he's not a great quarterback right now. I've watched him no. play. He's not ready at all. But physically, he's what you're looking for. If they push him up because of that, Lions are sitting in the catbird seat because you're going to have offers galore for that fourth quarterback. And I'll tell you what, there's also a, a push for a couple of offensive offensive tackles too. You know, Peter, uh, uh, the one from Ohio State, Johnson. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's the other one from North- yeah, Paris Johnson, and yeah. the other one from Northwestern. Right, and off of the line, there's always one taken in the top ten. One always slips always. in. Always, just always, about, yeah. it just always yeah. happens. Um, back to the field situation. I, I'm, I know it's a long shot, and I know Jason Lockenfora has a lot of wrong things he said or whatever. But you know what, yeah. Mike? I believe that, and I believe that. Chicago's going to take Justin Fields because there was a – I think it was – um. Wait a minute, what do you – they're going to take Justin They're going to trade him, I mean. They're going to trade Justin Fields. I, yeah. I do believe they're going to take Bryce Young because when it all comes out, Bryce Young, besides the size, has everything else. And and like I said, we had smaller quarterbacks. You just got to protect them. Can't have them running around. But I've seen that kid, and that kid is – he's got everything. He's even a better thrower than a lot of bigger guys. I mean, bigger arm. He has a bigger arm than a lot of guys. He's a great football player. Size is the only thing we're looking at, and I think they'll overlook that because he can play. Now, if that happens and Fields goes, just say he does go, 
Chicago keeps number one Bryce Young. Which the, for the Lions, Bryce Young to me is going to go number one. Whoever has the pick, no matter whoever has yeah. the pick is going to take him. I agree with that. But moving Hurt out of the division, I'm fine with that too. I'm 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 fine with either one. Either way they want to do it, if they want to move. But if they move Hurt out, they'll get a lot back for him too. Either wait a minute. Move who? I mean, Fields out. I'll get these two. Fields, they yeah, move Fields out. Yeah. They'll get a lot for them. You know, either yeah. draft picks and players or whatever. The Jets will be looking for a quarterback. Um, Atlanta will be looking for a quarterback to send him home. They'll, he'll, they'll get picks. Um, that goes I think the Jets, Kenny, I think the Jets will be looking for a quarterback. They, look, they, they can't waste any more time. After 56 years, they finally been fed up with a team not winning a Super Bowl. Well, I think the Jets are all in on the uh, Aaron Rodgers. They're going out Probably. for him. If, but, Probably. But if you see them make a move, now David Carr, who was released this week, he's yeah. free to sign right now. Now, yeah, you're absolutely right. So, you could be signing as we speak. Yeah, so if the Jets, this will tell you how good the Aaron Rodgers thing is. I don't think the Jets are going to wait around for Aaron Rodgers if he's given a sign, if he's out of his cave, his four-day cave visit if, or whatever. If he looks like he's not going to want to go, they're going to move on. And I'm just wondering, would they sign Carr that quick or would they wait for the draft? No, or, Garofalo, think, or Garofalo. Or Garofalo. I don't think they can. I don't think they can the Jets, I don't think their coaching staff, front office, whatever, I don't think they can wait to develop a, a, a draft pick. I think they need a veteran quarterback who can play from day one. And I, that's, they just don't have, they don't have the time to waste time. Well, then it's either Carr or Rodgers. Probably. One probably. of the two to me. But like I said, you can't wait around. You got to find out what Rodgers' deal is. Otherwise, Carr is going to sign with somebody else if that's your that's, backup. Right. But yeah, but it, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean that you can't get outbid too and get a better deal from somebody else. Yeah. In terms of draft picks and you know players and what else goes into it. But if you want to win, for the Jets want to win. I mean, if you want to win in your quarterback, the Jets situation to me is perfect. Great defense. All they looking for defense. is a quarterback. Got a running back. They've yep. got, they got everything. Receiver, yeah. Got everything. They really do. So that goes with that. Um, referring to the Lions now. And before we get to the Lions, before I get to the free agency part of the Lions and the draft, we already talked about the draft. Uh, coach Montgomery, the running back coach, who last week we were lauding as a good yeah. get from him. He's interviewing for the offensive coordinator positions already. He interviewed with Tampa. For, I mean, did he even get, make it to the office with the key before they started looking for another job? You know, I'm sure he had the, the okay from the, you know, from the, from the you know, Dan Campbell and whoever else that if this you know, presented itself, he had the opportunity. Sure. To, but – it's 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 a strange one for me. You yeah. Know. Well, there's eleven really, people yeah. to interview, so it's not like they are looking for him. At least right now, he's not. He's one of eleven. But I'm just saying, it's just funny that, and I'm sure he probably had the interview set up before he took the Lions' job too. So probably, like you said, they said he told them that you know I'm looking at offensive coordinator job, but if I don't get it, I'm happy to come. And they said okay. And it's the running back coach. I'm sorry, but it's not the offensive coordinator position we're talking about here, people. There's about no. twenty off running back coaches you could get. And you'd be just fine, right? Well, that's the running backs coach. Nothing against Deuce Staley. I love them, but it's the running back. It's not the running backs right. coach. Right. Now, running backs coach, you're running back. Uh, Michael Hare, free agency's coming. There's some backs out there that you could just pay for for free as running backs. Jacobs from Oakland or Vegas. Yeah. Um, Saquon Barkley. There's a few. I was looking at some of the draft. Um, things they're talking about. They're saying that this, this draft is loaded with running backs. I've 
I think it was Daniel Absolutely Jeremiah right. or something said yeah. that. Yep. A lot Absolutely of backs. Right. Yeah. I think they're going to take a back in the draft. It's just a matter of when. Because, like you said, this is the last year for Swift if they don't trade him. And I'm not saying I heard he was being traded, but I just got a feeling that that's a marriage that's not long, that either well, he's going to just... do his contract and go or you're going to get rid of him this year. I Was it me, Michael? I just wasn't – I didn't get the coaching staff feeling him. I don't know about that, but the thing is, he's got three years now, and he's he's had limited production all three years. Look, when he's got the ball in his hands, he's really a threat, but it's not there often enough. He, he's not he's not healthy enough. He doesn't go the distance, and that you know, it happened again this year. Had a great start, and you know what? Barely played in the second game, and it was that way all you know throughout the season, right to the right to the seventeenth game. And look, he made a couple of you know just big time plays against the Steelers. I'm not the Steelers against the Packers in the last game of the season. And you know it's the way he started and the way he finished. But in between, you know he he, he was missing in action a lot. Yeah, and but couldn't hang in there. No, and like I say, he started with that 150 yard day or close to whatever it was. I can't remember the exact amount, but he just can't stay on the field. And I'm just right. saying. Even when you heard the coaches talk about him toward the end of the season and the things they would say, it's just to me that it was what they didn't say, not what they said. You know, a back with that talent, you would hear so much. That's our feature back. We got to get him back in. We can't wait to get him back in. He's got to be. He's going to be healthy. We're going to get him in. He's going to. We're going to make him a focal point of the offense. You just never heard it. You just never. Well, he's out this week, and um, when he's back, he'll be okay. Yeah. And if and and then they didn't give him a lot of work when he came back, and he. For the stats he got with the with the numbers that he actually ran and you know received, he had great stats. But five carries a game here, whatever, you can't live like that. That's why they got to get him back this offseason. And if they're gonna bring Williams back as one, he's he's what he is. But he's not your he's not your star back to me. He's the complimentary back. They need a back. No, I agree. But what they got from him, what they got from Jamal Williams, that was. First of all, it was nobody could have projected that that he would score 17 touchdowns, but that was one of the most you know productive seasons in franchise history when you think about it. Now it wasn't Barry Sanders, I, I get it. It wasn't Billy Sims, but on its own little niche, that was a tremendous, tremendous year by by Jamal Williams. Yep. All right. So before we close up, the last thing about free agency, which I guess they're going to be tagging guys next week, and everybody will be talking about who the free agents are that will be available. Right. One position, Mike, right now that I got to spend the bulk of my free agent money on or I'm going to make one big splash and then I'm going to fill in a couple other players. What position are you going for? What am I going for? What position do, should they address first? Well, let me ask you this. First, before we do that, are you more interested in the players of your own that you want to bring back or the ones you want to bring in? Oh, uh, the ones you want to bring in. There's not a player uh, that's free agent now that I have to have but, back. There's, there's not no one. Reggie White. Yeah, there's no Reggie White. Right. Well, there's no player on my team now that's a free agent that if they're back, I'm happy with it. But I don't. Ha- it's not one I have to. Oh, I gotta get him. I gotta sign. I can't let him go. It's not one. Well, I think I think they're better off with uh, with uh, C.J. Chark than they are without him. So I would think he would be a priority, but not an absolute gotta have. Thirty catches. You know? 
Well, this, three this, touchdowns. This, this production only was on the field is what we're talking about. I'm just saying, but it, he's got that ankle problem. That's a problem he's had for more than one well, year now. Uh, is that going right. to be a factor where he's going to miss games over years? I mean, you, uh, we'll see. Well, you got to go with – I'm saying when you're trying to sign him right now, you can only go by the record that you're being given. And right, right now the record is he misses games because of his ankle. Yeah, he started strong. Right. He, he and that was in Jacksonville, finish. and that's here in Detroit. He's that, That's why they let him go. So – if I got to put my money on, I got a reasonable contract for him. It's a good money for you, but if if you're looking to, for the bag and to break the bank, I if you if he's gone, I can replace thirty catches and three touchdowns. I'm gonna have to look that up to see if that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I can replace that. I can find a person to do that. So, but like I said, I want him back. But I, if he goes, okay. That just okay, happened. Okay, a guy I want back, John Kaminsky. Okay. Defensive Again, line very line. good lineman. If yeah. he, but if he but goes, I don't want him back. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'll be brought back at a representative level. Okay. Right. John Kaminsky. Well, my thing is, I want them to sign a defensive tackle. I want them to get the tackle in free agency rather than the draft. Because and then I would still draft if Jalen Carter's there and that's six and that's the guy I would take him too. But I want to get a tackle right now for sure. Played in the league, I will spend my money on and knowing that he's gonna be the guy that I'm looking for to do that. The, because that's the one thing they're missing next to McNeil is that tackle. So that's what I'm signing. Cornerbacks and whatever, I'll get some fringe guys or whatever. Do like I did last year, draft a couple of in the draft and go on from there. Because to me. Your defensive line is going to make your cornerbacks anyway. I don't, I don't disagree with that. I, I agree with the defensive tackle. The free agent to bring in would be a defensive tackle if, if everything is equal. Now, he's got to be available, too. Yeah, he's got to be available. Got to be available. I'm not going to sign one just to sign one. No, but there's but guys like Hargrove out player. there, yeah. the one from Philly out there. Um, right now, um, Payne from Washington is going to be out there. I don't yep. think they're going to franchise him. There's guys out there. Um, isn't that, I don't know why I keep getting Vita Vey in my mind. Maybe it's because something you, you told me the other day, but it's another <laughs> tackle out there. <laughs> Vita Vey. But yeah, another tackle. Very Vita Vey. But there's other tackles out there that you can get, but I want to do that. And then we'll move on from there, but that's my pick. So, all right, Mike, we've talked enough. I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, we'll talk some more as free agency comes close and, um, the coaching changes to be done. Oh, and one last thing about coaching. Eric Bieniemy again with no job. Both Philadelphia coordinators and on losing team get a job. Yep. Winning Super Bowl guy for the second time now. Still hasn't got a job. He's interviewing for offensive coordinator spots now. Is there something to worry about? And I'll get into the black coaches thing later on. I don't want to get into that right now. I'm just saying in this one case, Eric Bieniemy, is it um, – you know, is it something, something we should be worried about, or is it just this is just an individual case where maybe something's not clicking, and that's just the way it is? That's that's a, you know, to me, I, it can't be just that's the way it is. I don't I don't buy that. You know, I really don't. I just don't. I don't see if, if what he's accomplished. You know, with and, and he and Andy Reid together what he's accomplished certainly blows away anything that those two guys from the Eagles have, have accomplished or not accomplished. 
and yet they've got jobs as head coaches. I mean, my God, it seemed like they had a helicopter waiting for them on the playing field right after the game. Couldn't get them, get them back, you know, back to their place fast enough. So I, I don't know. It, it doesn't, it doesn't sound good. It doesn't look good. And it, you know what? It ain't right. No. And again, I'm gonna get to this thing where everybody talking about well, why, coaches should be hired on their merit, and we shouldn't be talking about black and white or whatever. Which is fine if you believe that. If you believe that's what it is. But then don't give me that these two coordinators, one of them who was a quality consistent three years ago, now as a head coach, if you want to put qualifications up, they don't match. So there's more than just they're taking the most qualified people. So next time people start saying that, look at who got the jobs and look at their qualifications, then then you have things you can talk about. It's just sometimes it's you're just not going to get hired or sometimes people are going to hire who they want. But you don't – nobody yells about that. You know, it's a – they yell when you say that it's not fair, well, you're being racist or what? No, I'm just telling you like it is that it's not always the time that the best guy gets the job. So just don't keep saying that. These two prove my point because both of them are young, inexperienced, and were losers and got yeah. jobs. Frank well, Wright got fired, and six months, three months later, he's got another job right away. Might be a good coach. I don't have a problem with him. I'm just saying. You can't say Jim Caldwell had a winning record. Loses job, doesn't have a job. Well, Frank yeah, Wright loses a job three months later. He's back in another job. Jim Caldwell has been a head coach seven seven years in the National Football League, three years with the Colts, four years with the Detroit Lions. He's got five winning records and four playoff appearances. That's it. And so, coached again. All right. So hasn't, we'll, hasn't been, has not been a head coach again. Right. That's a bigger story than we'll talk about today. But I'm just putting it out there that, all these absolute statements people make, just watch your statements and, and look at the facts and then make your own judgment if you're being honest with yourself. And that's all I'm going to say. So, Mike, that's it for today. We'll have another one in the future next week. Right, we can do it next week. Why not? We'll talk some more about the Lions <laughs> impending free agency and draft talk. I'm sure by then it will be heated up. Maybe Carr will have signed by then, so we'll have some of the quarterback dominoes falling. Maybe Aaron Rodgers, when he comes out of his cave, will – find a team, find enlightenment in what team he's going to play for, or will he be back with the Packers? We'll see. And and don't forget, we have the NBA All-Star game ahead of us. That's right. That's <laughs> right. All right, Michael here at DetroitLands.com. Ken Brown, WJR Radio. Have a good day.